I'll tell you what, I just, man, you guys have made my day and I, I, I want to welcome you. This has been a fun thing to put together. The farther along that I got in this, the more excited I got to share it with you. So, so officially let me welcome you to the heroic entrepreneur defining moments of your entrepreneurial journey. So, um, you know, like I said, it's been an honor for me to uh, just be on the line with you tonight, and also, um, I'm, you know, I'm very glad that you're here, and it's been a privilege for me for most of you, uh, in either a small or maybe not so small way, to be your thinking partner. Going alongside others in their personal and business growth journey is one of the great joys of my life, and and it's, uh, you know, I just, it just flows out of who I am, and I love it. So for the next several minutes, we're going to learn from each other. So we're going to examine an entrepreneurial journey from a unique perspective uh, with which I'm confident that you'll be able to relate and have plenty to share from your own experience. So I hope you've come curious and prepared to dig in and engage openly. Um, I've provided you with a complimentary guidebook. So, uh, you know, what I want to do is just help you get the most value out of this. And, and you can take notes as we go along, but it, you'll, you'll notice that as we go, uh, there's going to be heroes questions. And so uh, maybe not every time everyone will share, but I definitely uh, want to encourage you to jump right in just to do your best to be present in the conversation and as unavailable elsewhere as you possibly can. So we're talking about this whole sort of way of looking at our entrepreneurial journey um, in this perspective. So let's, let's get into this conversation. So when you consider Frodo and Katniss Everdeen and Harry Potter, there's something that they all have in common with heroes of ancient myths. What that is, is that they are all variants of the same hero. At least that's what jo Joseph Campbell believed. He, he studied myths from all over the world, and he published this book in 1949 called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. So this is a it's a, a comparative study of mythological stories, and it's Campbell's theory of the mythological structure of the journey of the archetypal hero found in world myths. So Campbell called this the monomyth or the hero's journey. We're going to spend some time comparing that. So think of the hero's journey as a cycle. Um, it's this idea that um, we that, that there are these key events that happen uh, for the hero. And what happens is that the hero uh, gets, a, gets a call, he goes out, and he leaves his familiar ordinary world, and he has this quest where he or she has a quest where they go out into the special world, and they um, defeat some kind of enemy, some overcome something, and then they gain a treasure that they then bring back to the um, back to the their familiar ordinary world, and so um, what we're going to be doing is just taking a look at that and just um, looking at that from, you know, what does that mean for us as entrepreneurs that that we're all as entrepreneurs on our own hero's journey. So, you know, if you think about 2020, for example. In, at some point this year, it does seem like all of us departed from this uh, familiar and ordinary world, and we've all kind of been in this, in this special world throughout the year. 
but I, it's my thought that any at any time the, he, the the entrepreneur is really in any year they're on a hero's journey because you know what an entrepreneur does is they go out and they leave the familiar world of working for somebody else of maybe the stability of that and you know and even built into the word the definition of the word entrepreneur is an entrepreneur is somebody who goes first and it's also someone who takes a greater than normal risk in a lot of ways and so as an entrepreneur we've all uh, had ways that we've taken risks um, in, in our journey. So we're going we're gonna to look at each one of these key events and kind of talk through what that means to us. So in, in the cycle, we always begin at the status quo. So that is, that's where we start. And the thing about the status quo is it appears that the status quo is free of risk. It's safe and it's familiar. But the danger of the status quo is that it locks down our growth and it's out of harmony with our ever expanding soul. And therefore the status quo, this comfort zone is the place where dreams go to die. So every one of us can have a status quo and of different kinds. So the hero's question just to get us started here is, what are your indicators of when you are too comfortable? Can you just put a couple of words around uh, what is your status quo? What does your comfort zone maybe, maybe look like? And anyone want to just give a couple of thoughts about what does my comfort zone look like? When I, and by the way, when I know I'm getting too comfortable, what does that look like for me? I'll be glad, I'll be glad to share. Um, I, for me, it is when I go into management mode in my business, when I stop being creative. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, my business, if I'm not talking to a new person, I am, that's, that's creative. Mm -hmm. It's I, an experience. They can be great. They can be bad. They can be good. They're all experiences. Um, but when I'm not doing that, I go into management mode and then I start looking at everybody else around me going, why aren't you doing what you should be doing? And that's not a place I ever want to be. <laughs> so yeah, status quo for me. All right. Someone else jump in. What is your, what is your comfort zone look like when you're too comfortable? For me, I can tell when uh, I look at like free time and like, is all of my free time being used to just relax and escape or am I using uh, some of that time pursuing ideas and, and uh, diving in and learning and growing and doing those kinds of things? Nice. All right. One when of the I'm in yeah. status quo, I think I'm, I'm feeling most always confident. Like mm. I'm just like, yep, know how to do this, know how to do this too. Well, I appreciate that, that input. We've got plenty more opportunities here as we go through. So, so this is the place where we start. And then what comes is the call to adventure. The call to adventure is when and where the hero receives a mysterious or maybe not so mysterious message to go to the unfamiliar place. It, this is a go and grow invitation into the special world of adventure. So it comes in different forms. It may be that we are just unsettled with where we are. It could be 
that we have this longing or just a place of discontent, some kind of pain that, that we are trying to move away from, or just this idea that we can't let go of. It could be some kind of a challenge, or it could be that our lives got totally disrupted from, and there may have been some circumstance. So every entrepreneur has a story. So I really want to hear uh, about your story. So do you remember any circumstances of your call to sort of move into this entrepreneurial life? To just share a little bit about the circumstances. And, and if you want, it, was, it, was it a natural call? Did it feel like this supernatural calling? Um, if you haven't shared yet, I challenge you, jump, jump in there and share, like, how, how, what got you started on this journey? I think for me, Rick, mine was more of a side gig, snow, uh, gaining momentum where I had a full-time job and um, had to ultimately make a decision about whether or not I wanted to stay full-time working. I was working in television, a TV station as an art director and continue that career path or bring my side gig into the spotlight and take care of all the customers I had gained over the years as a part-time company and um, decided to take the leap. All right. Yeah. Taking a leap. Who else? Uh, thanks for that. I appreciate you sharing Brady. Who else? For me, I, some of you've already heard this, uh, at least some of it, but I guess mine has two parts. First, I, I was in a company that started off being one of my favorite jobs I'd ever had. And then uh, restructuring hit and all of a sudden it became the worst job I'd ever had and went uh, from being an inclusive culture to being very restrictive and um, witch hunts and just insanity like I've never seen. Um, I left there to a job I thought was going to be my dream job, which ended up even being worse. And then I got laid off there. And to me, that was all just, enough of the lesson of what I'd never wanted in my life ever again. And the opportunity presented itself right about the same time to do my own thing. And uh, just haven't looked back. It's been completely the opposite, opposite experience has been awesome. Nice. Nice. Somebody else. Uh, for me, I was about eight years old, I think when I <laughs> made the jump, I uh, got my first contract shoveling snow for some local businesses and uh, one dentist gave me a shot uh, and I got paid if it snowed a quarter inch or two feet, it didn't matter. I got the, paid the same and I was expected to be there and I had to sign a contract and my mother actually let me go all by myself, which uh, surprised me. But uh, shortly after that, my mother showed me how to how a paper route, I could determine my own income by getting new customers. And, uh, you know, so I would do my paper route in the morning, another paper route in the afternoon. And then in the evening, I would go out and while I was collecting, I would go to the next door neighbor and ask them to be a new customer and just keep on growing and growing and growing my business from there. Uh, Very so cool. I, that I wanted to work for myself and control my own destiny from a young age. <laughs> nice. All right, David Ingram. Yeah, I um, I used to work for a, uh, a cellular provider here in the area. Uh, T-Mobile actually bought them out. But uh, when I worked there, I worked as an RF engineer. And uh, kind of like what David said, it was like really the best job I've ever had in my life. Uh, I got into engineering. I don't, I don't have an engineering background or anything. 
it was just constant favor, favor, favor. And uh, I was actually second under the VP and was making more money than most of the managers in the company. And I was basically just a peon, you know. But uh, um, there was a rumor going around that they were going to do some restructuring and possible layoffs and stuff. And I'd been there, <clears throat> excuse me, been there little over seven years and uh, a few months before all that started I had started dabbling in uh, doing web design on the side and not thinking okay well what if I do get laid off what am I going to do and I had no thoughts but I had just started dabbling with web design and then all of this happened I got laid off after almost seven and a half years and I was just like well what am I going to do now and I thought well I, I'm just going to start a business start doing web design and I, uh, I did that. I've been doing it for 15 years now. I actually sold my business two years ago and I had a little over 50 clients, never advertised or anything like that. But it's, it's like, I've always knew I was supposed to work for myself. Nice. And, and two years later, I through a friend of mine who convinced me to get back into doing web design. So I've started doing that again this summer. <laughs> so, uh, and I love it. And, um, Plus, uh, as a born-again Christian, I know I have a call in my life, and I used to think it was like a, you know, pulpit-type ministry, but I always hated that and just the, the fear of just the dread of, you know, doing that. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I realized that my calling is as far as, I mean, it's to do a work for God, of course, but it's to do it in the marketplace yeah, and not to work for somebody else, but for me to be doing what I'm doing. Okay. So there's some supernatural mixed in yeah. there with what with your journey. All right, Alex, uh, are you are you able to uh, share here? Hey, yes. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, good to hear you. Sorry. By the way, the the baby is having a rough night, so I'm kind of in and out of that of uh, mommy duty. Um, I. Um, I'm an audiologist and I was in private practice working for somebody else after graduation and uh, but my plan was always to have my own practice and um, and after you know things happen um, interpersonal relationship challenges and with my boss and her husband and just you know just different things I realized like you know, it was time for me, and then an opportunity arose with a, oh, with a friend, a former classmate, and I. Uh, it looked like best case scenario, and so I started my own practice with her, kind of as a silent partner. Um, but then two years into that, um, I realized, wait a minute, I'm doing all of this work, and I'm I'm doing all of the work, but I'm sharing the profit. And that seemed to be a little silly. So I finally pr made a plan to basically get out of that agreement and explored all the options of, do I start over again? Do I, um, you know, do I, do I leave? Do I keep doing what I'm doing? And eventually just decided to buy her out and keep doing what I was doing and build on all of the work that I had started when I started that practice. So now it's a hundred percent mine. Um, and just moving forward, trying not to look back and say, well, should I have done it that way two years, you know, almost three years ago or, um, 
or not, but just deciding, you know what, everything happens for a reason. And I had that led me to where I am now. And so just moving forward, um, but nice. being my own boss, 100%. Nice. Nice. It's been great to be a part of that in a small way. Um, how about Abigail? Would you mind sharing? And then um, it, anyone who didn't share in this segment, uh, please pop right in there at the beginning of the next one. Um, sure. So our, um, sorry, my voice is struggling a little bit, but our entrepreneurial journey actually started when we were very young and our children started to be born. And my husband just hated the fact that he was gone so much of the time and not able to be with them. And so we kind of caught on to the idea of having the freedom to use our time the way that we wanted to um, have more, more choices of our own. So he actually started his own business at that time when our children were really young. And that just kind of opened up a lot, opened up a whole path to us that has led us into ministry and full-time travel and, and now into other opportunities. And um, we, I think earlier this year, we were discussing possible um, ways to get in uh, more income. And when we sat down together and thought about the different ideas that we could pursue, we both agreed hundred percent that we were not at all looking for um, a job Mm -hmm. under someone else yeah. that we would need to retain our freedom and i know whatever opportunities we pursued it had to be something where we continue to be in control of our choices so i'm yes. glad to see that we've been able to find those things nice nice well thank you and i hope you're i hope you're feeling get feeling a little bit better and nice. yeah well, I appreciate that. Thanks, everyone. And by the way, feel free um, at any point. I see that we have some some things going in the chat. But if if there's something that you want to contribute at any moment, throw it in the chat. And um, anything that we might have missed, and we can go back and grab a hold of that too. So we get this call to adventure as uh, entrepreneurs, and then the next stage that comes then is assistance. So. Uh, when that invitation to the special world comes, this is when the hero is wrestling with the risk of the unknown. And you, I, I heard a little bit of that in, in what you said. So the hero needs some help and some convincing to commit to their departure from the familiar original world. So the help here comes often from an older, wiser mentor type, but it can be anyone. And the real opponent of this stage is a mindset of lacking and scarcity, especially in a person questioning their own lack of ability to do uh, what needs to be done. So the danger here in this, in, in this event is to get stuck focusing on your perceived lack of resourcefulness. And you can spend way too much time getting ready. And quite frankly, getting ready can be a stalling tactic. And I like how um, Scottish mountaineer William Hutchison Murray said this. He had some great words of encouragement about being equipped when he wrote this. Love this. He said, until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness concerning all the acts of initiative and creation. There is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans that the moment one definitely commits oneself, 
then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events, issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamt would have come his way. I have learned a deep respect for one of Goethe's couplets. Whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. So there's a few heroes questions in your, in your guidebook, but um, let's, let's take a look at this uh, one question here, and that is, uh, what was your biggest fear or concern at the time that you became an entrepreneur? Was there something that you thought you were lacking? For me, uh, it was, it most definitely was a fear because I just got laid off from my job. Uh, yes, I had, I got a nice severance package, but I had, other than that, I had no income. So, you know, it was kind of scary of what I was going to do. And since I was venturing out to do web design, which I had only been doing a few months and not even very good at that. So it was like this journey of, I've got to learn something and I need to learn it now as quick as I can so I can start making money at this. And, and also the thought of, can I even do this? Do I even have the, you know, mental capacity or whatever, yeah. you know, to carry this out to actually make a go of this? And uh, so it was most definitely <coughs> fearful. <laughs> so, by the way, anyone else feel that way? Oh, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, definitely. So, so David, talk about that a little bit. Well, for me. Oh, which David? David Johansson. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> For me, it was just terrifying because uh, you mentioned the procrastinating earlier until you commit. I've wanted to do something for myself for 20 plus years and never could find quite the right idea or the right time. And uh, yeah, when I was laid off and uh, I'd been praying and thinking, trying to figure out what to do, I just, every time I thought about working for someone else, I felt sick to my stomach. But at the same time, I have kids, I have a wife, and I didn't want to let them down. Mm -hmm. And so we we started the, the carpet cleaning business. And two weeks later, COVID shut the world down. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at my wife. She's looking at me for two months. Like we didn't have hardly any carpet cleaning jobs. And uh, there was a lot of, did I really make the right decision to do this? Also, I had the additional thing that I didn't have much experience with this. Mm -hmm. And I had been taught some and I was researching all I could. Um, but a lot of the traditional places you would go to learn were shut down because of COVID. Yeah. And uh, so did a lot of digging and research. And but but just like you said earlier, because I was committed, it just amazed me how many things opened up and how many things happened. And it just snowballed, snowballed, snowballed. And it's, it's just been amazing. Nice. Nice. All right, Elizabeth. Yes. So I feel like I've had these multiple calls to adventure mm -hmm. over my life. Honestly, business is one sliver of the pie. Mm -hmm. And it's really beautiful how many of these calls have overlapped and are intertwined with each other. Mm -hmm. But I think um, one of the things that I deal with each time I launch into something new is, do I have the courage? Am I brave enough? 
for this. I don't think of myself as a brave person. Mm -hmm. But then I look back over my life and I'm like, oh my word, I've actually done a lot of really brave things. (laughs) But it's something I will still second guess often when I start feeling called into something new. Yes. I love that. And I, and I heard this this week and I, I shared it a little bit ago. Um, but I love this definition. A hero is an ordinary person in extraordinary circumstances who takes action. And, and that's why I love that quote by, uh, by Murray is because we often just get stuck in that hesitancy and and so you know courage is just move just take the next step i love i love that yeah that's that's so good and i know like moving into social media was a big part of my when i started selling cbd Mm -hmm. and so that was huge for me and i just clicking post (laughs) like i just finally had to get to like just click post do not (laughs) sit here for another 30 minutes rethinking every word and it was that bad in the beginning it really uh, was. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Anyone else want to share just do we, it, it, that idea of just hesitancy or, or feeling like I'm not sure I've got what it takes to do this. I really want to do it, but I feel like I might be lacking once I get out there. You know, Rick, I think, I think, I think everybody at some point in their entrepreneurial um, journey um, has felt scared. Um, I have multiple times that I felt scared or, um, you know, concern or something like that. But, um, but at the same time for me, um, I'm the type of guy that if, if I said I was going to start, if I, if I started something, I thought it through to begin with, mm-hmm. it was a, it wasn't a off the cuff kind of thing. Sure. And, and so, and so when I made that, when I made the commitment, I made the commitment and, um, didn't know whether I could do it necessarily. Yes. Um, and, and at one, but, but made the commitment and that, that kept me, kept me in. Yeah. And during the tough times. I like that. I like that. And you know, that's, that's really a good way to kind of balance out this whole idea of this, this event of assistance is it is built for preparation. There is a time of, of getting ready and then I think there is a point at which, again, as I said, getting ready can then convert and become just a stalling tactic. And, and, and a lot of times when we're in that space, instead of thinking about why we want to go forward, we start thinking about how. And, you know, there is this idea when you're going to cross over from the familiar world to the unfamiliar world that you really have to jump and build your wings on the way down a little bit that how comes after you step across and move into the unfamiliar place. And um, of course there's training, of course there's, you know, depending on the technical parts of our job, there's things that we need to learn. Um, But there's always going to be for us that idea of facing ourselves and going, okay, I'm ready. I'm, 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 I'm ready to do this. It's time to move. Love that. Love. Okay. So let's, let's take a look at this uh, next step here. So this is the departure. So this, as I was just saying, this is the decisive moment for the entrepreneur. So this is when the hero crosses that threshold of the familiar safe world and enters into the special world of adventure. 
So the hero pushes past any resistance and takes action on their commitment. And Campbell wrote it this way. He said, uh, you must give up the life you planned in order to have the life that is waiting for you. I, I, I love that uh, idea. Um, so there's some action here uh, that, that the hero has to take on their commitment. So the hero's question at this point is, what was it that you put on the line when you became an entrepreneur, when you, when you really jumped in all the way? Um, tell us something that you were, that you were risking, something that you were uh, putting out there. The second go round, this this more recent go round of me kind of separating from my partner, um, on the most basic level was debt, mm-hmm. um, right? So that comfort of um, that financial comfort that you might be in, regardless yes. of like why you're there, right? Um, that feeling of going, okay, I'm taking on a significant amount of debt, more debt than most people would ever think of in their lifetime. Um, and so I can't like decide I don't want to be an audiologist anymore. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I have to be all in on my profession. Um, and then also my profession is changing quite a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of disruptive forces and um, there are a lot of, of um, unknowns and threats. And so um, just being comfortable with being uncomfortable always, Yeah. always, always. And that, that's, I don't, I haven't found the homeostasis on that yet. I'm, I don't know if it exists to be honest. Yeah. Well, I see, I can tell you this as I'm looking at the gallery, I see a lot of head shaking for sure with that, I, that idea. And when you put you know, you put yourself financially on the line out there. You know, there's a couple of thoughts uh, as you were saying that that came to me and that I heard the story one time about when they landed on Normandy and, you know, a lot of guys just flat didn't hardly make it off the boat. They really were kind of getting mowed down. And so uh, there was this point at which, you know, people were kind of like even hiding behind bodies and, and uh, there was one particular uh, let's call him a general, whatever. He just started grabbing guys and said, get moving. The only people here are dead people move forward. And I was thinking as you were talking uh, that idea too, that, you know, at one point when people kind of went from one place to another by ship, that whole idea of burn the ships, you know, that we're not going back. We're, we, we, we've, we've stepped foot on this soil and this is what we came here to do. So we're not even gonna give ourselves the option of being able to jump in the boat and turn around and go back home. So uh, I, I think I, I, I certainly appreciate what you were saying there. Uh, Tom, any thoughts on that? A couple of thoughts on that. I, I started seismic control products uh, because I had to. Mm-hmm. I was a very, very happy salesman, I, just like the others. I was, it, it was my dream position. Uh, I basically had carte blanche to do whatever I wanted and had a lot of freedom. And uh, I just enjoyed being a salesman. And the owner of the company got sick and I had to act very fast. Uh, it was, um, so I think for me, uh, what did I put on the line was my ego, really. <laughs> I didn't know what it meant to run a business. Uh, employees, um, 
uh, you know, whatever it might be, taxes, the legal stuff, the forming a corporation. Uh, but I knew the technical side of my business very well. I knew how to sell it. I knew, you know, everything about what I was doing in that world. So it forced me to humble myself quite a bit in front of people that uh, I would never uh, do that for. Mm, yeah. uh, my father was a big support for me and brought on a lot of uh, his brothers and sisters to uh, invest in the new company. So I had somebody who believed in me and kind of pushed me and said, you can do this mm -hmm. uh, and really put his name on the line for it. And uh, so I knew I couldn't fail. I had, that was not an option. You know, here, this man put it all out there for me and, and I just couldn't. Uh, I started in 2006 and in 2008, everything crashed. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, from there, I, I started a crash course in entrepreneurship and business owner ownership. Uh, and I reached out for as much help as I could get. And wow, was it out there. I, mm. I had some angels on my side that nice. really helped me. Nice. Nice. That is actually an excellent segue into the next, um, in, into this next event. And that is, thank you very much for, uh, uh, you guys for sharing that. So, so trials is the next thing. So you, you get out there and you're actually in it. You're in the special world now. So, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's hard work just like being a hero is hard work. You know, if, if this was easy, everyone would do it and they would keep doing it. Now, once the hero enters the special world of adventure, he encounters new rules, relationships, habits, unknown limits. And this is where the entrepreneur gets a dose of reality because it always takes longer than you want it to take. It costs more than you expected. You have to meet people you've never met before and do things that you've never done. And there's always a temptation to turn back to the familiar world. And many, in fact, most give up when trials come. That's why 80% of the 6.5 million businesses that start this year won't, will fail outright in 10 years. So in the trial, the hero is now those solving riddles and slaying some, some small monsters with a little limb and, and escapes maybe from a trap. And because it's hard, there's always, again, that temptation um, in trials to sacrifice what it is you want as an entrepreneur for what's familiar. But the trial prepares the heroes. Problems call us forward, and they also expand our consciousness. So hopefully, uh, we learn that these small monsters or small trials are preparing us for bigger things. Uh, Joseph Campbell said, where you stumble and fall, there you will find gold. So again, I've got a few, a few questions in there. Um, but let's, let's kind of press in just for a minute here about this question as an entrepreneur, just, just quickly name off. Is there some riddle you've solved or something that you've encountered? And really this idea of, you know, I, I would have never, if I hadn't been, if I'm not, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, I would certainly not be solving these kinds of, of riddles, these kind of problems. Sure. If it's a riddle or not, but, uh, when I was seeking help, uh, I started running my company and I was every position in the company. I was the salesman. We were also manufacturing. So I would sell it, run out to the shop. I would start manufacturing. I would package it, get it on a truck, get in that truck, drive it out to the job site, drop it off. And uh, 
he's the first thing I was, had the benefit of a, a former vice president of Gillette Corporation. And he said, so, so when are you billing? And I said, what do you mean billing? He says, well, when are you sending your invoice to the customer? I said, oh man, whenever I find a minute, you know, because, and he grabbed me by the face and he pulled me really close to him. And he said, you bill the instant you ship. He said, that's your biggest problem right now. I'm looking over your books. I can see everything that's going on. And that's not your priority from now on, from this day forward, you bill when it ships. Nice. And I said, okay. And he, and he grabbed my face again and he, he made me lock eyes with him. And he said, tell me what you're going to do. I said, I'm going to bill the second. It <laughs> he says, okay, now you're on your way. Yes. Yes. I'm having memories of some conversations I've had before. All right. Uh, who else? What else? What's, what's something that you've encountered in what you do that there, you just, it just wouldn't have been a part of your world before. Every bit of technology that I've learned. Yes. Has been because I had to for business. Nice. Nice. I still drag my feet, but I I've learned a lot. Nice. <laughs> you know, I think I think that most people most people in their familiar world don't necessarily use and may not need a calendar. Mm -hmm. um, but but I have figured out how to master a calendar Very and nice. how to. Had, I had an amazing mentor that taught me specifically how to do it in a very effective way. And so um, I think that's something that um, become, became really important, but I didn't, I wouldn't have known it otherwise. All right. Yeah, your world. Nice. One more. Mine's hey, actually right along the same lines as, as Troy's just how to best structure my work time. Um, before then, you know, I was an employee and someone was telling me how to structure my work time. And so, really being able to look at what's most effective, what's most important, how do I really be the best I can be with no limits, you know, no one telling me this is where it stops, you know, that was pretty, pretty awesome. Yes. And I wouldn't learn that otherwise. For sure. We've certainly been the benefit of you solving riddles because uh, we had a coffee and a blueberry smoothie spill in our house simultaneously. And David certainly solved that riddle for us and did it thoroughly. And, and we appreciated that. And if you just think, you know, I, I just want to encourage you to, st to come back to this question because, I, you know, I think one thing about this idea of you starting to look back and you go, well, look what, I, look what I've done. I'm not talking about arrogance here. I'm just talking about that you understand that you are a person of growth. You are a person who has a model for taking on a challenge and learning something new of figuring out how on the way down right, of building your wings on the way down. And you start listing off the things that now maybe are a part of your everyday world that once you would have never dreamed. And of course, you know, the I can think for Alex, all of the people that she's helped in her world that, you know, once she was a teenager, right? One day she was 15 years old and now, you know, she's helping people change their entire family dynamics because of of, uh, you know, what she's doing to help them here again and be able to communicate. So um, I just want to encourage you, this is a good question to come back to, because, you know, sometimes we, we tend to be forgetful. Um, and, uh, and we're kind of, oh, shucks, I, you know, I'm not so sure I'm good at anything kind of mentality that we can get into. So 
I really like uh, this question. So now we're moving along and we're getting into the approach. And this is uh, for the hero or the entrepreneur who persists. Now it's time to get ready to face the big ordeal. So resources and circumstances are aligning for the hero to face his or her worst fear. So just like Jonah had to recommit to his mission in the belly of the well, we have to recommit to our entrepreneurial dream often. And thankfully, as Tom was mentioning, helpers arrive as needed and synchronistic events line up. So, you know, I remember, by the way, this is a little bit parenthetical, but I, for 30 years, was was a camp professional and, you know, plenty of stories for other days about that. But when I came to Greenville, part of my daily routine or pretty regularly throughout the week was to drive up the mountain for an hour and then at the end of the day to drive down. And <clears throat> I, I do believe that a seed of my entrepreneurial life was planted in me on one drive up the mountain and it was a simple thought. People need inspiration every single day. And, you know, that's uh, why I, I partly become manifested in Leaders Fuel Daily and why I'm committed. That's going to be a positive space. No matter what else is going on in the world, it's just not going to be a place where we're going to get into, you know, just the, the ugliness. Where it's going to be a place because people need encouragement, and especially as entrepreneurs. And that's really, you know, I'm going to talk to you about the power plant community um, here. But I like this idea, though, of, you know, you move along and you find other people to help you along the way. Thoreau once wrote, if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with his success in, un, uh, in common hours. So unexpected success in common hours. So the hero's question is uh, at this time, have you ever had more success in your entrepreneurial life than you expected to have? And I got a long, long way to go still. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but um, I was, yeah, just a real quick story. I was a part of another organization and I remember the last event I went to with that organization, they had a, <clears throat> they had a slideshow of all the founding partners from 30 years back with that company. And, um, and I left that company to go with the company I'm currently with now. Um, and the very first incentive that they did was called a founding partner program. And I remember sitting at that event going, I can never be a founding partner. I can't, there's no way. Cause, cause I, I don't have that ability because I'm 10,000, a hundred thousand people below those founding partners 30 years ago with that company. And when the, when the company I'm with now, um, did a founding partner incentive, I was like, that's mine. I'm going after it. And it was the toughest and the most amazing thing I ever did. And I did it. And I remember I had my whiteboard all, I had everything on my whiteboard and I had, I had it down and I had, and I, I had, it, it was literally going to happen. And then I lost five of five of the six that I needed in one day. Mm. And I remember, went out on a walk and God and I had a very strong conversation. Um, and it could have gone one of two ways. It could have been, I'm chucking this or I'm going to the end, believing that it's going to happen. And, um, two hours before, before it ended, I called my wife and I said, I don't have anything left. And she says, we didn't come this far to fail. This is already done. 
and we got two hours, so what are we going to do? And uh, an hour and a half, about 20 minutes before it was time, I was a founding partner, and I was the second in the company of 15 that are now founding partners with this company. Nice. And I remember coming up to the whiteboard, and I just, I raced it with tears coming down my eyes because I actually did it. Nice. <laughs> and I Basically, because I failed, I was erasing it because I did it. And I was just so proud of that. So very nice. Um, very nice. Huge. Very nice. Well, for the sake of time, I'm going to move on. Brady, if you'll kind of be thinking about the next question that comes up, I'd love to hear from you again. Um, so, so now we're talking about this is really kind of the key event. This is the crisis. So the crisis is the hero's darkest hour. It's when everything or victory looks impossible. Moments ago, I just heard Tom talking about 2008 and everything that was going on there. This is the supreme ordeal for the hero. And in this, and, and by the way, what a great thought. Something has to die for rebirth to occur. So for the entrepreneur, it means letting go once and for all of the familiar. Troy just summed it. We are in this all the way. We started this and we're going to go for it all the way. So you know, for the entrepreneur, and this may, you know, Tom nailed it because he's been there. The greatest sacrifice is almost always letting go of your ego. And also in this crisis phase is the greatest opportunity for transformation. And this is the time when you gain a new perspective and new attitudes, new beliefs and new behaviors start to emerge. And the hero, now listen to this, the hero must be willing to let go of the familiar in order to be amazed by something new and better. Isn't that great? Isn't that a great thought? So the hero's question for the crisis is, what has been your biggest ordeal so far? Name one central crisis that you've overcome thus far in your entrepreneurial journey. Um, Brady, do you have one something to share there? Uh, yeah, we've had a couple of big ordeals and I, I've actually been a part of multiple startups. This one though is mine. You know, mm -hmm. I was eager to jump on board with other things and they didn't work out. So I kind of had a little bit of failure behind me. Um, and then doing my own thing, I, you know, I waited and took the time to establish. I was, I, without investors, my, my our biggest thing was we didn't have investors. So yes. we didn't have credit, we didn't have funds. Uh, all of us kind of had other job, day jobs, right? So while we were kind of building some momentum on the side, um, that, that, that leap of faith for us was really big. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of, uh, of an ordeal, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, you know, one of the biggest things I've overcome is my fear of getting rid of a client that wasn't good for my company. Nice. Yeah. Um, you know, the ability to say no, mm -hmm. uh, to say, you know, I don't think we're, we're the right fit for you or you're the mm -hmm. right fit for us, but don't tell them that, right. It's, yes. it's always, we're not the right fit for you. Let us yeah. help you find somebody else that can give you the attention you need. Yes. Um, being able to turn somebody down, the ability to say no to money, mm -hmm. um, for the sake, you know, money for the sake of money when you really, really need it. But when mm -hmm. you grow to a certain level, you can, you can tell somebody no and feel good about it, but it's really hard. Yes. It's really hard to turn down that check. And as you know, you and I have been talking about something along those lines nowadays uh, with a current uh, issue for me, but uh, 
um, that ability to be able to step up and say no, to overcome the fear of losing that check, mm-hmm. the value that that client was giving me, the amount of time spent and resources spent and everything else, the just re- repetition, the anxiety, the walking on eggshells. Um, that, that was a big step for us, you know, yeah. overcoming that fear of saying no, telling a client, we don't need your business. Uh, it, it was really big for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. Great. It does. And look, I don't think you're, I also don't think you're giving yourself enough credit or just not in, <laughs> on your mind at the moment. I think you've, you know, overcome a great deal to get yourself in a position of growth and, and expanding and, and, you know, so many different things, you know, as you were talking, I'll just share this with you. I had this picture because the, you know, we think about sort of the classic hero story, it slayed the dragon. Right. And, And I was thinking that, you know, you have to get close to the dragon to slay it and to get close to the dragon, you've got to get past the fire you got to get past the neck. You got to get past all the teeth. You got to get past all that stuff to that one little spot, you know, where you can shove that sword up in the right place. Um, that it's not like this, you know, instant decisive thing that happens. Sometimes it's a slow, slow turning thing uh, that gets you to those moments, you know, um, where you're able to do. And I, and, and I'm just, I, if it's helpful or not, I'm sharing it because as I listen to you talk, those were the things that were, that were coming to my mind there. So, yeah, thank you. And so, um, you know, I just want to encourage each one of you to think about, you've overcome something, even even if you've only been doing this for two weeks, (laughs) there's something you've overcome. And right now we are overcoming. And, and, and there's a reason for the timing of what I'm doing right now with this. and, And that is because we're slaying dragons right now. And, um, you know, we can do this together. So, um, let me. Let, hey, hey, Rick, if I could make, yeah, if I could oh, make one do. quick yes, one jump quick right comment. In. Um, I'm very familiar with the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I've studied before, and I'm so I'm really excited about this. But one of the things, and you may have already said it, but um, one of the things that I learned in, when I was studying Joseph Campbell was that to go through that crisis, mm-hmm. you're going through the crisis alone. You've got you you. I mean, this whole process of starting at the status quo and and you've got helpers along the way, and you've got challenges, and you go from the, the unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. But you're going, you have to go through the crisis alone mm-hmm. so that you can come out the other side a, a different person. Yes. Is it, would you agree with me? Is that what? I, I, think, I think so. I think, there, I think that there's always going to be that moment where you, where you are deciding yeah. for you. Um, you know, look, I, it's, I, I, I train in martial arts and I don't say that to press you just, you know, there's one question and it is when you think about that is, am I ready? So I'm not trying to, you know, go out and be harmful to anyone, but at least if you train, maybe you have a better chance, you know, if you're, if, if something, you know, unfortunately happens, but even with all of that training, even with the spending time with all these other people in the dojo and whatever else, you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, look, it, it's, you're really asking yourself the question, am I ready? And, and even if, you know, we've never been in a fisticuff before, we've been in some mental or emotional ones. And, it's, and, and, and there are points where no one can go with you. It's, it's, it's up to you at the, it, the, those moments. So I think that's a great point. Um, there's something, that, a little uh, stanza at the end here that really speaks to that. I love uh, the way that he wrote it there. So, yeah, thank you for jumping in. 
there, Troy. So, so now we're at this idea of, okay, you've overcome this darkest hour of that crisis and you're claiming some special recognition, some power, some empowerment. But the most important thing about this treasure is that it's that the treasure inside of you is revealed. That it's not really the external physical treasures that we're out there seeking in the special world. It's who we become. You know, it's not the goal. It's who we become by setting goals that's important. And, um, but that we're, we also then get ourselves in a position where we're able to uh, bestow boons uh, on, on, on uh, others. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, but it's this idea that it's your time in the special world that really reveals the special treasure that's inside of you. So um, let me just, just, just ask, um, how about uh, Elizabeth, would you just start us off? Uh, what, what has been the most empowering thing for you so far on this journey? Um, I think probably just the discovery of my people skills mm-hmm. that I didn't really know that I had prior to really moving into business. Um, okay. Yeah. Ah, good. Well, we're recipients like as far of those as treasures, people. internal treasure. I don't know if that's what you're asking, but that's oh, absolutely, what comes to yes. my mind when yeah. you've asked that question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think a great way, we, we love this word empowered, right? And, but I think one nice way to look at that is just that feeling of, I got this. Mm-hmm. I got this. And again, we do some parts alone. We never do all of it alone. But this that sense of, okay, you know what? I, I have an internal calmness, a calm confidence about something that I did not previously have. Um, for me, it's, it's not so much It's while I've been in, in the journey, mm-hmm. but even before the journey too, it's just, I, I, I had a bad, pretty bad upbringing and didn't, my father and I didn't get along. So, mm-hmm. uh, my senior year in high school, I started taking karate, mm-hmm. something that I always wanted to do. And, uh, I ended up, you know, sticking with it. I got my first degree black belt. Nice. And to this day, you know, I was young, I'm, I'm old now, but to this day, that's probably the most empowering thing that ever happened to me. Nice. Because I never thought I had the confidence, you know, to get there. Mm-hmm. And my exam was a little over three hours long. So after three hours of getting beat up, you know, yeah. and, 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 to, and to actually earn that belt, uh, yeah. you know, that, that to me, I think has helped me along the way because I've had those little moments like that through my entire journey of, you know, working for myself and all Mm -hmm. uh, just where my confidence has just gotten a little bigger and better. Mm. And a little little bit of the past has just got chipped away. Nice. So that's uh, in in this past year has probably been the biggest year for me of healing Mm -hmm. and and growth. It's, uh, it's, It's amazing what has happened in spite of, what I call the scamdemic, <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. and everything else. That's a, yeah. There's it's another good. webinar for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, trust me, I, I got a great message on that one. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, that that's for me. It's just been those little moments that I've reached of empowering myself. Yes. Nice. Oh, I'm glad you shared that. I appreciate that. 
Okay, well, let's let's take a look at the next event that comes in this cycle then, and that is the result. So all the myths, just like all entrepreneurial stories, results can vary between stories, and we you know, have times of different results as we go along. So either the monsters then bow down or as the, the hero uh, is chased by the monster as he flees the special world and back into the familiar world. But this is when the uh, hero's experience is consolidated to build new meaning. The hero is now the master of two worlds with new capacity and new freedom to live give, serve, and bestow. So the hero's question of this is, uh, how is, uh, this seems maybe out of place, but I think it's a great question. How is your battle going with the dragon inside of you? And if, if you don't mind, I'll jump in on this one and just yeah, go for it. Kind of just because I, I, I think this will add here. So I, I put in the chat a minute ago, but uh, like the dragon was largest for me when, COVID hit, I'd started the business, everything shut down. Like I was getting no jobs. Yes. Looking at my wife across the room and we're like, did we just mess up our whole future? Like what is going on? And I guess a, a lot of anxiety and fear and doubt were hitting. And for me, actually, it was the Resilient Entrepreneur course. I heard about that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can sit here and feel like I'm getting nothing done. Mm -hmm getting in my own head. And I was, I was really a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry, or I can take whatever chances I can to learn and grow and move forward with this, not knowing what's going to happen. And so decided to take that course, finish that and have the same basic decision. I knew I kind of wanted to do, I wanted to be a part of BNI. I didn't know for sure what that meant. And again, do we wait till things open up or do we just go forward? And I finally decided to move forward. And kind of just a lot of things have gone that way. And yes. then each one of those has been way more amazing than I could have hoped. Nice. And have just have really helped with battling that dragon because if I had not been engaging in with others like you all that have been doing that same battle, like I I'm pretty positive my results would have been completely different. Um, and I'm not sure I would have kept that dragon at bay. Yes. Nice. Very good. I appreciate that. Um, well, let, and I, 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 let me just say, I want to hear all of your stories as we, uh, at some point in time, uh, for the sake of time, though, I'm going to, I'm going to keep us moving here. And now we are at the um, next event, which is the return. So after all the adventure, the hero is changed. And now the hero has to overcome a reluctance to go back to the ordinary world with this new perspective. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you just real quickly, I'll, maybe I'll share it again. Part of my own story and my own journey is that I spent time working in a therapeutic wilderness camp for mostly troubled boys. And, you know, I always say like prior to becoming, I was 30 years doing camping before I became a business coach. And if I had to sum up all of that time in one word, it would be transformation. And not the least of which was my time working with uh, the boys in a, in a therapeutic wilderness camp. I got to see transformation at a level that is just mostly unheard of. And in some ways that kind of ruined me for ordinary, the ordinary world. And it certainly had an influence on me. Um, and, and, and it can also, you know, sometimes give us a reluctance. And I think there's some healthiness in that reluctance, you know, as long as we're not missing some, 
some responsibilities that are ours there to, to claim. Um, but let me just ask, can you think of a new way that you show up in the world now based on your experience in the special entrepreneurial world? I feel like I kind of already touched on this, but it's still the biggest one that comes to my mind is mm -hmm. um, just the, the connections on social media. Mm -hmm. um, that's a whole new way that I show up in the world today. Yes. Because it is. of what I have come through and the boldness that I had gained mm -hmm. and the skills yeah. that I had to learn. <laughs> and what, is it safe for me to say that the last 12 months have been very significant in that, that for yes. you? Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I time. just was going, I'm seeing all my memories from a year ago when I learned how to go live and I'm yeah. like, Oh my word, that was so hard then. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> Thankfully it's not as hard anymore. Yeah. All right. Abigail, anything that you can share about just a new way that you're kind of showing up now, you and your husband kind of made this decision, look, we're not working for somebody else. We're going to go do this thing. Uh, is there some different way that you're showing up since having made that decision? Um, well, I'll say that we actually just recently went through a real um, kind of a gut check and my husband was working in a ministry as an associate pastor and mm -hmm had for a while been considering leaving that position and we were really struggling with that decision. And um, during the course of just weeks of praying and talking and um, trying to work out the best way to make an exit that we knew we had to make, mm -hmm. it kind of dawned on me that we are independent people and that we had somehow gotten kind of locked into um, belonging to an organization instead of belonging to ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think for me at least, and I, and then I of course shared that with my husband, I said, you know, when did we become, when did we sign up to belong to this and not to our own selves, knowing that we need to follow the path that God is calling us to mm. and make our own independent choices. And that um, just that revelation and, and realizing that again was really powerful for us. Nice. Well, I can tell you just hearing you say that really speaks to my heart. And uh, I hope that we're, uh, we're, we're all going to be together someday having a, a, some more conversations about this idea of freedom. Um, so I appreciate you saying that. Um, okay, so the, the, so now we're kind of take we've crossed back into the threshold and we're into this event called the new, new life. So the quest has changed the hero and the hero's outgrown this old life and now is showing up in the familiar world in a new way. Uh, so, the, so, so the idea here though is that the hero is different at the level of character of knowledge and also of wisdom and how they, uh, use us. They're never the same in the, in the, uh, in the, back in the world. So is there something, um, Troy, do you have something maybe that you can share that what's something that you have outgrown as an entrepreneur that maybe was a part of your life at one time? Um, at one point in time, I had three, two years back, I did a, I did a three day silence retreat and mm -hmm. I went for three days. And at the end of that three days, um, I went for a walk and on that walk, I wasn't talking still because it was a silence retreat, mm -hmm. but, but God and I were talking. And um, the overriding theme that came about is I was asking the question, am I worthy? Mm. And that was a weird question because I've, I've never thought about that I wasn't worthy. Yeah. It was the question that was deep in my soul at that moment. And, and, and 
very quickly, he said, did I put you here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> huh? Okay, then I wouldn't have put you here if you weren't worthy. Mm -hmm. and, and so we went through this. I mean, I literally for an hour and a half asked him questions and he each time came back to the same thing. I did it. It was me. Focus, focus, Daniel son, focus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And um, you are worthy and you can do it. So I think that's something that since that day, I, every day I repeat in the morning, I repeat, I am worthy. Mm -hmm. I am worthy. Nice. He told me I was worthy and I can move on because of that. So I would say that's the one thing that I've definitely nice. outgrown. I think there's a Brene Brown quote. This is something like either walk inside of your own story or you stand outside of someone else's story struggling to find your worth. Mm. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. Man, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, well, now we're kind of coming back full circle here, getting closer. And this next event is resolution. So all the tangled plot lines are getting straightened out here. And here is uh, the central resolution of the hero's journey. Are you ready for it? It is not about you. And, and I love this thought. And, and as I just was putting this together, this came to me. The quest was made for you as the hero of your story. But the treasure of your story is made for others. And it's made for the people that you're here to serve. So all the things that you're going through, ultimately, it is life happening through you and not just for you and not just to you. So um, I love this quote. Uh, Joseph Campbell says, the hero ventures, ventures forth from the world of the common day into a region of supernatural wonder. Fabulous forces are there encountered and a decisive victory is won. The hero comes back from the mysterious adventure with the power to bestow boons on his fellow man. The ultimate aim of this quest must neither be release nor ecstasy for oneself, but wisdom and power to serve others. Isn't that a great way to look at the whole hero's journey? So the question of this, of this is, who is benefiting from your persistence in crisis and your time in the special world? And, you know, the idea is like, who's benefited in your past? Who's benefited right now? And who's going to benefit tomorrow from the next crisis that you face um tom would you would you an start to answer that for us explain a little bit more about that if you would well okay look um you know we're out there and 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 facing whatever it is we're facing and and um y you know i think that you've definitely had a story where everything that you've done you know you talked about the way that you then got into doing what you're doing it was almost like a survival response um, but there's been so many other people that have benefited from you saying yes to that. Okay. Um, and so just who, who is the name some people because you've had to persist in all this. So I did. who's benefited uh, from your persistence? One, I would say my family, mm -hmm. um, they witness a different person today than they witnessed when they were younger, my children, my wife. Uh, my parents, mm -hmm. uh, those around me, um, my customers. Though I, this year was a focus for me on the relationship. Yes, I, I got away from focusing on profit and sales and everything else, and 
I wanted to be more involved with the people that I live with basically as, as much as I live with my family. Mm -hmm. uh, these customers have been a part of my life for 25 years and I realized I, there's a lot that I don't know. Uh, we talk all the time. We have a great relationship and we have fun. But uh, for the first time this year, uh, I attended a funeral uh, mm -hmm. for the wife of one of my customers and it got very personal. Yes. Um, I found out that uh, one of my very good customers has uh, a disease that he's battling uh, and it's just becoming more and more personal for me. And I'm getting, for years, I was the phone call of, hey, you know, when, when this happens, what do I do in the business world? And now I'm getting calls, hey, Tom, I, I know, you know, you talk to this a lot. And I know it's a personal question, but can you help me with this? And now it's just going away from the business and it's more focused on the relationship and I'm enjoying it. So and now I'm honestly, I'm full. I, I feel so much better about what I'm doing. And I know it's not just all about seismic control products. Sure. Uh, whether it's younger people coming up in, into their own company or uh, I had a, uh, an intern actually that I was working with on a project and the company offered her a full-time project manager position when her internship ended. Mm -hmm. And it, I was just so excited for it. It was, a, it was a great moment and I think such a great move for the company. And uh, so we just celebrated that. And it's not something a vendor would ever do. You know, it just doesn't happen that way. But uh, so I, I just feel like uh, I'm getting a lot more out of that, but also the people around me benefiting from that would be the customer itself. And then yes. becoming friends. Very nice. Yeah. You know, here's the thought for us to take away from what Tom's sharing there. And that is that we're really in business ultimately to perpetuate our values in the world and that it is our products and our services that is the vehicle through which we do that. And Tom just said, this is so much more than seismic control products and what a great illustration of, of that idea. Um, Al Alex, are you back with us by chance? Yes. All right. So just tell me um, who's, who's benefiting from your persistence? Yeah, this is actually extremely relevant right now because over the past three weeks, I've attended virtually three different conferences and I am still doing webinars on my way to work, on my way home, on the weekends, um, in the evenings. And I'm just on this constant um, journey to um, learning and committing and, and altering everything I do in, in the aim to provide the best audiologic practice possible mm -hmm. um, and to do it in a way that speaks to people, that motivates them, educates them. Um, that reaches them where they are. And so that is extremely overwhelming. And, um, but that being said, um, learning all these different things and figuring out how you can implement them and what your limitations are, whether it's practical limitations or thought limitations, or that's not going to work mm -hmm. in my market or whatever it is. Yes. Um, it's, 
it's just like the constant desire to be the very best doctor of audiology possible. Mm -hmm. And um, the people that benefit are the people that are willing to take, you know, take, make an appointment or to, to explore that. And the people that trust me with their care Mm -hmm. and I can see that doing the right thing and going above and beyond, whether that actually you get paid for that or not, which a lot of times you don't, mm-hmm. um, still makes me sleep better at night and knowing that I am the best choice in our area um, and in many other areas, to be honest, mm-hmm. for what I do and yes. that, that commitment and the time that I put in and the hours that I put in, it's exhausting. But when I make a clinical decision um, that I know better this person's life and their mm-hmm. family's life and their cognitive health and the journey, like how they age. Um, it's, it's life changing. And so I've realized over the past few weeks, I've been just so overwhelmed mm-hmm. um, and major FOMO on things and stuff <laughs> that I'm realizing little by little as, as I realize that I have to have boundaries and I have to be able to have a quality of life and a personal life. And my life, my brain is so audiology. Um, but I have to take a step back sometimes on that. Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to reconcile is that this isn't about my ego. This isn't about being the best audiologist. So I can Mm -hmm. say I'm the best audiologist. It's about being the best audiologist. So every person in front of me, I have the ability to help them in the way that they need help. And me doing all the work to do it right makes their life better. So it's, it's, I'm, you really, somebody said earlier ego, and it's really so hard to step out of that ego um, because you want to be the best at what you do. You want to be the best carpet cleaning company. You want to be the best at everything, right? I think mm-hmm. our ego is so strong. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I want to be the best. So I do the best. So yeah. I help the most. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's what it's really about. Yeah. Um, but we all know that when we put this energy and effort in, it's, it's, it's not seen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For like sure. nobody knows yeah. that I'm the amount of work that I'm putting in to be able to do that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, yeah. You just have, you also want to be the best at being a mom or, you know, being a family member too. And so you have these boundaries and these lines and you have to figure out how to draw them. For sure. Really well said. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, um, you know, I think you did a great job of just kind of summing up this idea that there's a purpose that's this thread that is going through us um, and, and that we're not here to save the world, but save ourselves. And by doing that, you save the world um, and the world's uh, the, the influence of a vital person vitalizes. Um, that's become a big word for me this year. So I really, really appreciate that. Um, and, you know, here, here's the idea of this whole concept of the hero's journey. And that is that it's a cyclical thing. And that means that it, you, you reach, uh, you, you get to one place and you go um, on to the next journey. I think it was um, um, one of my uh, experiential education heroes that said, I think it's in your thing, that, that arriving at one goal is the starting point to another. 
And so, um, you know, we're kind of back thinking about being back to the status quo. And um, I just heard some. So I want you to just think about this question here. And that is, what is your next quest? What is the quest right now that you're, you're being called to? I heard some of that. Um, and um, this, uh, I, I love this uh, quote by Frederick uh, Buchner. He was the author of Wishful Thinking, a Theological ABC, and he said, the place where God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. So maybe there's a further up and further in, you know, uh, thing that's coming through your life right now. And, and so um, you just, you know, want to think about uh, just some questions when you think about continuing on this heroic entrepreneurial journey and realizing that there are these decisive and defining moments that you can now see. Um, you know, the question is, the hero's questions are, who in your life encouraged you to keep questing in the special world? And where are you getting outfitted, equipped, and empowered for the special world? So those are some questions for you to think about. Um, and um, they're, in your, they're in your guidebook there. But, you know, I think you, 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 I've heard this several times, and that is that this is an inside-out journey that we're really on, and we're at different places. We're maybe at different events along the, hero's, uh, along the hero's journey, but all along the way, it is our minds. The power plant of our lives is, is our minds, and that is our divine center of operation of our life. So the entrepreneurial life, the hero's journey flows forth from our minds and how we use them. You know, our battles are won or lost first in our minds. And this is the greatest asset of the heroic journey. And in, in, in it's with our minds that we create or really we co-create our lives. And um, it, it happens through this process. And that is this. What we put in our minds, we think about. And what we think about is what we expect. And I don't know if you caught it, but I said 85% of what you expect is what your outcomes are. What you expect is what we create and what we create becomes our lives. So, you know, it, 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 we have to be intentional about fueling our mind and, and um, about just staying in study and staying in intentional relationships. And um, I love this I, the idea of the hero's path. And, and Troy, you, you said it a little bit earlier. It says, uh, we have not even to risk the adventure alone for the heroes of all time have gone before us. So there's this idea that we do this together, but there's something about it we do alone that the labyrinth is known thoroughly. We have only to follow the thread of the hero path. And where we had thought to find an abomination, we shall find a god. And where we had thought to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. And that's the alone part of the journey, right? Where we had thought to travel outwards, we shall come to the center of our existence. And where we had thought to be alone, we shall be with all the world. Good stuff. All right. Any other, hey. if, listen, if you had a question and you just didn't want to ask it in front of anyone, please feel free to reach out to me. Like I said, we're going to, we're going to end. I thank you so much. I know it's Sunday night. I know it's late, um, but I appreciate each one of you, your time and your energy and input here. And I look forward to continue to grow with you and um, feel free to reach out to me outside of this as well.